Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. This is your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And oh, the weather. It almost felt like like autumn this week. I mean, it just um, now for you folks new to the area, this is not it will not stay here. Just just so you know, uh, the mountains of Arizona are famous for our Indian summers. That is, it will pretend like it's fall and then it will go right back up to summer weather. And so it, it's kind of this violent like spring. You know, it gets nice, and then you get that frost, and then it gets really nice again, and then it frosts. Uh, we do that going into fall, too. It's really, really nice, and then it'll get chilly, and then it'll get nice, and then it'll be, or no, for me, I'm thinking nice is like 95 degrees, but I love summer. I'm like a lizard. I crawl up on a rock and go, I just want to get warm. The coolness makes puts shivers down my spine just going i know it's only 63 degrees but i just know winter's coming and i'll be cold again so i did for me uh, that's just me so for me it's it's like you you might be thinking the opposite it's really nice really nice because it's 63 and then it's back up to 92 85 88 so we're just it'll be this it'll be nice really really it will be truly truly beautiful weather from now through the first part of December. I mean, yes, we'll get a frost around Halloween, but then it warms right back up. Then we'll get another cold snap, then it'll warm right back up. It does this, and then usually the end of December, we'll get our first light snow. So we've got a ton, I mean, just months of beautiful, glorious weather to come. And that's the reason that we live up here in God's country. I mean, those poor folks that live down in the deserts. I mean, why why would you live in Phoenix? Why would you live 10 miles from the sun? That's just, it's just too crazy. We live up here because even in summer, it's 90, you know, 93 degrees. And we're thinking we're sweating bullets going to it, but it's, it's hot, but it's, it's not that. Really, it's not hot, not to your plants, uh, but the 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 landscape of the mountains that is up here up at this four thousand plus thirty five hundred plus elevation change. Once you come up that hill of I seventeen and crest over near Spring Valley, Cortis Junction, that area, this is beautiful country. It's the evenings start to cool down. The days can be warm, but the nights are very very pleasant. Any time of the year. It's the reason that we live up here. And your plants will like this. They'll favor this this time of weather right now through, let's say Thanksgiving, is just a sweet spot. It's another planting season, especially for your larger plants, uh, your spruce and your pine, your large shade trees. This, quite frankly, is when most of the maple trees go in the ground. This is when most of the ash trees. This is when, I don't know about most but a lot of fruit trees go in the ground because you can plant them now and the ground is so warm. The days are so favorable. They'll, they'll just continue rooting through Thanksgiving. So you get this substantially larger root mass if you plant by now through fall than you would to wait until spring and you don't have that root. The roots are just within that can, that grower's bucket. 
Uh, you'll start from scratch at that point. So your watering becomes critical. You cannot make a mistake with spring plantings or the summer heat will get them to vaporize. Now, by planting now, you'll they'll root out. You have a larger two, three times the root mass because it roots now through the end of the year and then it also starts to root again. As soon as those trees bloom, if it's a blooming tree or leaf, if it's a leafing tree or push its candles, if it's an evergreen, as soon as they push that new spring growth, the the roots virtually mirror the new growth. So you'll get growth now and you get this other secondary burst of growth next, next spring. So you get a much tougher, more robust, drought-hardy plant by planting in the fall. That's a real benefit, especially if you're planting spring-blooming things like uh, red buds. We're famous for our spring-blooming red buds, a heart-shaped leaf, great fall color, bright, vibrant, pink, almost fluorescent chartreuse pink flower in the spring, but it blooms in April. It would be it will bloom better and longer and more buds by planting now than to wait until it starts to bloom at the nursery in April. Uh, same with crab apples, same with uh, purple robe locusts. All of your fruit trees, it's much better to plant now than it is to wait until spring. You'll get a better harvest. Really, if you're to wait and plant those trees next year, next spring, what the book says is, you should not allow a tree, a fruit tree, to fruit the first year because it's either fruiting or it's rooting. So it's going to put all that energy, all that photosynthesis that it gathers up through the foliage, it's either going to take that and form new roots or it's going to pump it all into the fruits. And you need to have the root structure underneath that tree before you allow it to fruit. And so what I've always done or what I tell my friends or clients or people that come over here, at least at Waters, when they're talking to us, I'll go, listen, the book says pull off all the fruits. But what I do, I pull all but maybe four or five fruits off. And so I get a little bit the first year, and, but, but really it'll load up the next year. It'll really load up and you'll have a lot of fruits. That way I've got the roots underneath it but I still get to pick a few nice peaches or apricots or nectarines or pears or plums, whatever it is, I get to pick a few. By planting in the fall, you can ignore all that because you're going to get that root structure out into the surrounding soil. Now it's going to produce flowers and fruits next spring. Uh, and then, then you can allow that fruit to take on. You'll get a better, you can allow it to harvest next spring by planting fall because you're a season ahead. It really plays out. With that being said, here's the one caveat. Especially the higher the elevation you go, the more important this is. Uh, if you're going to plant now, you cannot turn around and, and November 1, you, know, you folks in Flagstaff, Williams, the White Mountains, you, you're gonna, you, you turn off that irrigation system, then you blow it out. You literally blow all the water out and nothing's left. Then you turn off that backflow preventer and you just shut it down through April, March, April. Um, a, a plant planted in the fall cannot be planted now, watered and treated with great care through October. November, come turn all care off, all irrigation, all anything is all everything's turned off for six months. It will not survive or it will become very stressed. Our winter irrigation, our winter watering, our wet cycles are so infrequent that you need to be watering at least two times per month with a hose by hand. Just just flood, just give it a good deep soak a couple times a month and you're good. 
As long as you're doing that for your fall planting, you will have one unbelievable tree next spring. The folks who get in trouble, and mainly the Midwest kind of folks, are going, yeah, we got an eight-foot frost line from we're in Minnesota or Illinois. We never, we never water ever, and we especially don't water in the winter. We wait on the snow. We've got winter gloom. We just never see the sun for six months. Well, that's why you moved here because <laughs> it was so miserable back there. Here, the plants are actually still growing even in January and February. The ground does not freeze. I mean, this central highlands area this of Yavapai County, the code the, to put a water line, it's only 18 inches deep. I mean, you're just barely scratching the surface and putting a water line in, your sewer lines, because uh, the ground doesn't freeze, which means your trees continue to root. They keep flushing new growth under the ground. This is especially important for trees that are starting to turn color early. They were stressed. Something's happened to the roots. And now you're starting to see that leading edge of reds on the maples, the gold of the aspens. Those trees that are starting to show color right now, that should be a cue to you. It is screaming out going, I am so stressed out. I just, I've got a fever. I don't feel good. I am going to put myself to bed. And they start to turn color. They they, They shed their leaves. A month before anyone else, any of their their cousins, the same plant down the street, they're turning way ahead of time. That's an indication something's wrong. You should be diagnosing that and treating for that. And that's mainly food and probably grubs. I'm just guessing. You probably got grubs eating the roots and you got, uh, or or it's just, it's run out of space, but a big tree shouldn't do that. It's probably grubs. You just want to fertilize it and, and then let it go to bed. And it'll store up that food and get rid of those grubs. And then it'll, it'll get, as that sugar goes from the leaves down into the roots, it elongates. And then those, the, those roots store up starch. Anyway, I can go on and on about plant pathology. But basically, be aware. Come talk to us if you got a plant turning early. Wow, have I got a lot in store for you this show. But we got to pay the bills. Be right back. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Purple Magic Crepe Myrtle. You'll be wowed by the sheer amount and intensity of the purple blossoms that shadow this impressive bush. Leaves emerge as bold red foliage in spring and then turn bright green just as the purple flowers erupt in summer. It blooms twice, first in summer, then again in autumn. And at $39, you can have more than one in the gardens. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love to garden, they love to shop. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Timeless Beauty Desert Willow Tree. Large, fragrant burgundy and lavender flowers appear in big, bold clusters all summer long. This unique water selection is prized for its extra-long bloom time without the need of seed pods. The flowers are highly attractive to hummingbirds, 100% Arizona native and just $59. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love their native plants to really bloom, they love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and talks about your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors, friends, buddies talking about? Um, 
there's a theme that happens here at the garden center we found that when something blooms they all bloom around town at the same time and then people start coming and going what is that thing i took a picture and then we start looking at you know dozens of screens uh, pictures of flowers we're oh yeah that's that's a mum or yo or that's a pansy or that's a lilac or that's a whatever and so when the beetles start hitting, they hit everyone. When the blister beetles start hitting or when the whatever, the aphids hit, he hit everyone at the same time. So there's some value to getting that word out. So Lisa, welcome to the studio. Thank you. So how's your week been going? I haven't seen you all week. What is that? What is that? Before you go on vacation or go out, business trips, whatever, you work like three times harder just so you can get a couple days off, breather, and then you come back and you're piled on again what that's life my dear well maybe that's so. just life yeah. you know nothing is harder than uh, uh, parents of teenagers especially in high school just about to get to uh, graduating where they're driving they're highly involved you're going to every sports band mm-hmm. club thing they do and you're trying to get that last bit of of connection with them before they launch off and go to college or do their careers that is a crazy time Yes. Especially when we had twins launching. Now they've been out of the house for five five, five years. years. It's been five years. Five years. They graduated from college, my dear. They're in grad school. Really? Yeah, <laughs> they graduate from grad I school. They were in mid high in June. <laughs> that was a hard. That's you. You folks. You just have to have an endurance pill. Yeah. You take every day. You wake up and go. What's the schedule? Where do I got to be? Who do I have to be late with and make it to this? And just. Uh, Deep respect for those parents in the thick of it because we've we we've done that. We have, and we are done with it though. Yeah, which is great. Now we get to go watch grandkids. That's fun. That's true. So, what about garden questions? Okay, garden questions. Moving on. Are oh, we? There was a lag in the conversation. <laughs> well, don't want to push that one down. Push that string too far. <laughs> okay. So Janet would like to know, her peony foliage is starting to turn more yellow, lost its vibrancy. Yeah. Is it too early to go ahead and cut those peonies back, or could she do it now? Yeah, I, w- I would say don't don't be in a rush as fall starts to come in. I, I, I would leave it up, because that photo, that green, the green within that plant, that is being absorbed into the root structure of the plant down the core. The plant's actually using that. It's a process. And you don't want to mitigate that or shorten that lifespan. And all you got to do is wait you know, three weeks and everything will be brown and crispy. Cut it back then. I know it's driving you crazy, but wait till the leaves start falling here in another week, mm-hmm. two weeks. And then it'll really drive you crazy. Just hold, <laughs> go with the feng shui of the whole garden thing and your plants will be happier. I would be more concerned with why are your peonies turning color so early? Mm-hmm. That's usually a nutrition thing. And so they should not be turning color yet. They should still be green. And I think maybe they might be starving, which means your flowers next spring will be anemic, small, or not even won't even bloom. That's more common. I would say that for lilac, for, for rhododendrons and azaleas and peonies, any of those spring... Uh, uh, um, Bleeding heart, any of those spring bloomers, mm-hmm. if they're turning color early, you need to fertilize. Well, you need to fertilize anything that blooms in the spring now through October. You must fertilize. It's going to use that food to, to make next spring's flower. But for this customer, this person emailing, 
your peonies too early by two weeks at least. So it's giving you an indication of something that next spring you're not going to be happy with. And you'll come in going, my peonies just didn't quite bloom. What should I do? I'm going, well, too it's late too now. late now. <laughs> but we could set the stage for 2021 if you want. Mm-hmm. But now you can make a difference for 2020. Next spring's blooms are set by this fall's fertilizer. And use the, for blooming things, anything that blooms are fruits, I like using the fruit and vegetable food. We make an organic pelletized food. It's heavy in calcium. That's what's going to bring the vibrancy of the color and the fragrance out. And then for everything else, all-purpose plant foods. So we make two foods ourselves. They're both all natural or completely organic. But for blooming things, for her, I might even add some iron or something just to green it up because she's definitely got a nutritional supplement, supplement problem she has to deal with. Anyway. Okay. I'm assuming it's a she. You didn't even mention he or she. It could be a he. I, I don't know. I did. I said Janet. Oh, Janet. Oh, good. I'm a man. I wasn't <laughs> listening. Sorry. Well, I can change. At least you're admitting it. <laughs> Finally. Admitting it. Well, kind of along the same path, Doreen would like to know, uh, is now a good time to dig and separate the iris? Yeah, that's a great time. Yeah, go right ahead. Go right at it. So dig them up. Iris actually are noted for choking themselves out, especially if your iris didn't quite bloom well. It's time to dig that that bed up. I mean, there's there'll be hundreds of them. You planted three bulbs, and now there's you know eighty of them. There'll be more than you need. What you do is you dig all the roots up, and then you pick out the best, choicest ones, and then you plant those. Then you'll have three dozen more choice roots. You'll plant them in another part of your yard. You'll still have three dozen roots left. You give them to friends. You'll still be throwing some away. So take the weakest, most anemic ones and throw them away. We do have a handout here at the garden center on how to separate and replant iris. Mm -hmm. Tells you which products, how deep, how much organics, how to actually place them. It's more detailed than we want to go in for with one question, but please come in. It's free. It's like one page, but it'll really be a game changer for really beautiful iris next spring. Okay, good to know. Well, Terry has an issue with the Austrian pine. There are worms that have kind of orange oh, no. heads okay. that are seem to be devouring the needles yeah. on the ends of the Austrian pines. Wants to know maybe if you know what they are and what's the best thing to spray them with. It, it is the orange-headed Austrian pine eater oh, beetle. I don't know you the exact name, that up. but it's pretty common. It's very <laughs> com- it's, they like pine trees. And so it's like a soft lie or something. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's probably a soft lie. I think it's a soft lie. Yeah. So there's several that are out there, but it's very easy to kill. You come in, we've got a multi-purpose insect spray. That's the name. We put it in a hose and sprayer. Coat the foliage. If you hit the hit the caterpillar, it will drop and die. If you missed it, it will come out and eat the foliage, and it will drop and die. But if you don't, they'll strip that that the branches clean, and you're left with an evergreen that that ain't so evergreen anymore. You, you kind of want to get on that one, and then they'll they'll lay eggs and come back again next year. So you kind of want to break that cycle. It's a multi multi purpose insect spray. It's in a 16 ounce bottle. I think it's 20 bucks. I mean, it makes 16 gallons. It's more than you need. But it also works on other things like aphids and anything that's in the garden, it's going to take them out. But sawflies are kind of hard to kill. You're not going to use some soapy water thing and kill them off. You need something more substantial to really thin those numbers back. Mm-hmm. Then I would say, again, for with evergreens, fertilize between now and October. For, for evergreens, I would use the all-purpose 744 
the cottonseed meal in that makes things more acidic, keeps them green through winter, and you're going to have to regrow that foliage, the needles, next year. The only way you're going to do that is with new candle growths uh, next March and April. You're going to have to mm-hmm. push new growth. Yeah, and they can do a lot of damage in a short period of time, and you don't really see them because they're kind of the same color yeah, as the right. needles. So they seem to show up this time of year. So I think if you have pines, Austrians, it, it would be worth it to go through your yard and just kind of make sure you're not having issues. Another one to look for are sawflies, or not sawflies, uh, um, ciliads. Mm. Uh, they come on the ends of, of pine trees, mm-hmm. Austrians, Scotch, Bosnians, uh, pinions. They'll get in the end of pine trees, and it'll be this this gathering of, of not webbing, but it is webbing, but it looks like litter has gotten on the tips. Well, it's a little tiny insect you can't see, but they start to suck the life out of your pine trees. Mm-hmm. We have ma- mainly pine insect kind of bugs here because we're surrounded by pine forest. Mm-hmm. So they have a taste for pine trees. They're very easy to solve. Again, the multi-purpose insect spray. Wipes them right out. Hose them down till it's dripping wet and all your worries are gone until the next wave comes in probably <laughs> next year. But look for those. It's probably good to go out and peruse your garden. Just look for things. Mm-hmm. If you see something, put it in a baggie, bring it in, and we can ID it and tell you how to deal with it. It's important, though. A lot of damage can be done in the fall that you can't recover from until next spring. True. Kenan, Lisa Lane, and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. The Get Real Men's Expo is dedicated to spiritual guys of all faiths. This year is full of exotic cars, motorcycles, and competitions filled with guys young and old in archery, bull riding, and axe throwing. Ladies, yeah, you heard me right. This is a great father-son event that creates memories and motivates men to reconnect with their community and a God that uniquely loves each one of us. This year's expo is September 21 from 830 to 1 at Yavapai College in Prescott. If you're a man, it's free. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Now I had ended the first segment talking about trees, turning color, looking for stressed trees. A couple things to watch for. Uh, we're seeing a number of beetles coming into the garden center right now from all over, from Paulden, I mean, from all over the county, at least here. I mean, we, we're in Prescott, but they're they're coming in 20 miles away and just going, what is this? What is going on? We're kind of noted as the people that know stuff, that know bugs and how to take care of plants. So they just bring them in jars, bring them in bags. They're bringing this like this wave of people coming in. And beetles, probably every other bag of nastiness from the garden is is is, is a beetle. This is their time. What happens is 
beetle larvae spend their entire life underground in, in, in your garden soil. They're eating roots, compost. Uh, most of them are inert. They love to get in lawns and eat the lawn roots and, and just uh, kind of kill off in your, in your flower beds. Uh, they love fruit trees. Oh, my gosh. They love to get in, in the roots and then eat the roots off your fruit trees. They love softwoods like aspens. It's kind of their native. Willows, cottonwoods. If you're seeing beetles in your, in your trees or, or in the gardens, or they're, they're attracted to your lights at night, that just means you've got the larvae. They've actually lived in your, in your yard, eating your roots in your gardens, and you haven't seen them for two years. That's the average amount of time they live in the soil. Some of them longer, some of them four or five years. The big uh, rhino beetles, great big ones, about the size of a silver dollar with this big horn on the front. That can live in the ground for years. Or it could just be a, a there's this beautiful fluorescent green, solid green, just this beautiful piece of art. It's a beetle. It's called a green June beetle. It comes out every September, but it's a June beetle. Actually, it usually comes out in, in August. Uh, but generally, uh, it's it's showing up in summer through fall. Well, they're eating the fruits. Now they're up. Once they're adults, they they molt and they come up out of the ground. They're the the larva stage is a grub, a white worm that's insidious looking. It's a grotesque looking insect when it's in the ground. When it comes up to mate, it's coming up just for a, for a few weeks. It mates, lays more eggs. And some of the beetles are just stunning, beautiful. The June green, green June beetle, it's, it's literally 3D green. I mean, I just want to paint a, a sports car in this color. They probably could not match it because it's, it's a uniquely natural beetle kind of color. And you'll see everything in between. So little tiny beetles are great big ones. They're out now. If you see them in your yard, that just means you might have an issue. You might want to put a grub killer down because they're in your yard eating the roots. Whenever you're digging a hole, let's say you, you plant a new, I don't know, ash tree or new locusts or new fruit tree, new lilac you're putting in the ground. If you're planting in the fall and you run into some white worms, that's an, a leading indicator of, whoa, if I plant this thing here, these insects are going to come in and eat the roots off this plant and it, it might die or get stressed for sure. If you see even one grub, you should be treating that part of the garden or the landscape with a grub killer. And it's, it's basically you spread it down. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a fertilizer, really. And you spread it across the yard and you water it in. And it goes through the soil bands and it kills off the grubs. It's very effective. One application is usually effective for like half a year, the whole season, the next. So it's highly effective. If you see that now, though, you do want to get on it because they're active. They're up at the top surface right now, and they are actively, ferociously eating. So they're trying to fatten up, kind of like squirrels or a bear. Uh, they're, they're, they're eating like crazy. And then what will happen, uh, usually mid-November, December, somewhere in there, they'll start burrowing very deep into the ground, and they'll hibernate down there. You know, two, three, four, five feet under the ground where they just kind of hang out waiting for the spring to come. It gets warm enough. They come back up. They start eating again. You've got an opportunity to get to, to thin out, to, to clean up your gardens right now. And then you want to fertilize right afterwards. So those plants I had mentioned at the end that are turning color early, 
many, many, many times, probably half the time, that's a grub issue. Put a grub killer down on a good fertilizer and it will, you're not going to change the health of that plant right now. What you can do is set the stage for that stressed out plant to flush new growth better next spring. Usually we start seeing spring growth into February through April. Depends on your elevation and what the plant is. There's some variables. Obviously we have, I'm, I'm, broadcasting this over a lot of different elevations or, or garden zones. But generally speaking, by the end of February, those grubs are going to start coming back up and start eating plants again. Well, then you got to retreat again at that point. You want to set the stage for healthy plants right now. One other, if it's really stressed, I made this wonderful uh, transplant shock of uh, uh, compost tea. We call it root and grow, but it's an all-organic steeped tea. That's 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 very rich in amino acids, and I have seen plants come back from the dead with that stuff. It's in a liquid form. You might mix some up and pour it around the base of those stressed plants. Anything new, it's great stuff. But root and grow is a liquid composted tea that I think would make a big difference with stressed plants just immediately. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. High waters with this week's Plant of the Week and our Black Satin Blackberries. A thornless, milky smooth blackberry that loves the Arizona sun and produces the most deliciously sweet, deep blackberries. Soft pink flowers cover the nimble canes and then yield hordes of the most delicious, juicy blackberries a gardener could hope for. Ready to plant in just $19 and only found at Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love to grow the sweetest berries love to shop. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Black Lace Elderberry. Tense purple foliage is finely cut for a dramatic effect. Creamy pink flowers contrast nicely with the purple leaves. The red berries are edible and make delicious elderberry wine, jams, or just left on the bush to attract birds. A dramatic accent are planted as a trouble-free head-high hedge and just $17. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love their elderberries, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio, my favorite gal in all the world. And I really mean that (laughs) with all my heart and soul. Uh, anyway, she actually is actually, she's my wife and a crazy smart gardener. She just knows stuff. So I said, honey, you, you've got to come on and share that stuff you know, because people are tired of me by this time in the show and <laughs> we got something more interesting. I can go on and on and on and droll. <laughs> so that's why I, I talked to her in years ago to come on and this uh-huh. segment's about her design style. So, mm-hmm. and you've got style, my dear. I try. And you, you pull that off really well. Anyway, yeah. what kind of questions you got or what kind of subject or mesmerize us all? Oh, I will do that. So now is that time of year to start thinking about changing out your pots. Oh, or if, yeah. you don't, if you're new in the area and you haven't put any pots in and you want some color through the fall and winter, now is the time you want to start thinking about that. Yep. Um, great time to... Get them in, get them growing, get some size to them so that when those really cold 
temperatures hit, and they will hit eventually, yeah. hard to think about that now, um, they'll have that root structure to really help themselves get through it. So this is really important. For, first of all, you should define, for those folks from the 60s and 70s, we're not talking pot, like <laughs> marijuana pot. We're talking pots, like containers. And then uh, those folks in the Midwest, mm-hmm. they think once that first frost comes, gardening's over, we're done. Go inside and sip coffee for the next six months. No, we're super nice. You can have, you can harvest year-round. You can have flowers year-round. You can have a garden year-round. We're not talking inside. We're talking outside Mm -hmm. because we're so mild. Right, right, definitely. So why not enjoy those temperatures? We can enjoy our patios a lot longer, our decks. So it's a great time because some of those summer color pots that we've put together, containers, Containers, we've put together are now starting to look a little worn out. Mangy. Mangy. (laughs) Only way to describe it. It's a good good makeover. Right. So it's a a great time to kind of come through, get those ugly ones out of there, get some fresh potting soil back in those pots. Um, You don't want to use that old potting soil that's got the nutrients washed out of it. Who knows what kind of bugs are hanging out in there. I always recommend you don't have to change all of it out, especially if it's a big pot. But you definitely want some fresh potting soil back in there. Top layer, really. Mm -hmm. The top foot. For big pot, where the where the roots are, you'll know because you'll dig down and go. It's just matted roots, matted roots, matted roots. Get those matted roots out. Out. Then put the rest, fill the rest up with fresh potting soil, Mm -hmm. because that's where your success is. The success is in the soil. We all know this, but we don't put enough emphasis on it. Right. We're good. Our potting Mm -hmm. soil is made for here. It's a professional grade mix that just you put something in there, it just takes off like it's happy. It does. It's a great potting soil. And the nice thing about ours, which is really, really important as we move into these cooler months, is it drains well. So it's not going to sit there and hold on to that moisture where you're going to end up rotting roots off of your stuff. I figured that you would be talking about this subject because I saw your first truck came in with pansies and hails <laughs> and all that winter, uh, fall right. and winter stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reload on mums, reload on mums. And just uh, figured, oh, right. she's going to go for color. Oh, I, I know you well enough. I could go to Vegas, put down a bet. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. I'd be, I'd be right about 25% of the time. You would. <laughs> so pots for the fall. One of the things I really love to use in my fall pots are the sedges and some of the grasses. Yeah. So sedges, most of the sedges, um, they're not truly a grass. They're a, a carex, so not truly a grass, but they have that look to them. My favorite one is red rooster because it's, it's actually kind of a brown color. That's its natural color. Everybody goes, how do I know if it's dead? I said, that's the beauty of it. You don't know if it's dead. But it, I love it for fall and, and through the yeah. winter because it really does keep that color. It keeps its structure. So I kind of use those more in the center of my pots to really give some height to them. Very, very pretty in that fall kind of straw look to them. Yeah. Um, and I love putting those together with pansies. We got a new pansy in. I've seen the Fizzle Sizzle series, which is that little ruffled pansy. Yeah. They've had it in like the purples and the blues, but they have it in orange and yellow. Oh, nice. Now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's the first time I've seen yeah. that. So that would be really pretty in your fall containers with that orange look and the yellow um, and a sedge coming out of it. The other thing that I really love to use in my containers is ivy. Um 
and you we've got some little little pots. One is a gold child ivy, so it's oh, got neat. kind of some yellow into it as well. Very very pretty to have kind of spill over the edge. Um, you know, you have to keep an eye on it because it'll want to. If you leave it in there too long, it will take over yeah, your pot. Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's evergreen all through the winter time. Uh, so just terrific to soften the edge of those pots. And, and all of these that you're mentioning, every single mm-hmm. one, the, the the red rooster. Is that did I get that right? Red rooster. Yes. Carex, uh, or, or sedge, mm-hmm. is a grass. It looks like a red. It's a red yeah. grass. It's red, and it looks like a grass. Mm-hmm. It gets about a foot tall. Uh, to pansies, uh, uh, your mammoth pansies, mm-hmm. to your fizzle sizzles, that's the one you mentioned? Right. To your, to your ivies. These are all things that will grow and bloom and thrive no matter how cold we get. Right. Mm-hmm. We've even had it go sub-zero. Last mm-hmm. winter, we had it was buried in snow. Right. Snow would melt. They would pop up and go, I'm still here, mm-hmm. and I'm still blooming. <laughs> aren't they pretty? So I just love being out there and celebrating yeah. this season. This is a really strange concept mm-hmm. for Midwest and East Coast folks. They're sure. thinking, oh, I plant now. It's good through Thanksgiving. That's it. No, it's good through next spring. Right, right. The other uh, one that does terrific is the little violas. So uh, Johnny Jump Ups, a lot of people know them by Johnny Jump Ups. A little bit smaller flower head than the pansies. But boy, they are tough little nuts, they and are. they just recede. keep going. They recede a lot. Could you cover mums for us? So, I promoted yeah. we're going to talk mums. But what's the difference between a a, a florist grade mum you find at a grocery store or florist and a garden mum you're going to put out in your yard outside? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could bring them indoors. Right, they'll actually come back if you put them out outside. What's oh, yeah. the difference between them? And well, the, why the do I florist want- ones? They've obviously they've pruned them, shaped them, they push them to do a really big flower head and you get that one big show of flower heads and it's pretty, it'll last four months, three to four months, three to four Maybe weeks, sorry. Four weeks, I was going to say, that's weeks. optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a one big show. The The garden mums, you put them out, a little bit smaller head, the plant is uh, usually more rounded, more fuller, but you're going to get, you'll get almost three different times of bloom on them because you'll get the ones that are blooming now they'll dry up you deadhead them then you'll have another set that are just kind of hiding down in there and then they kind of pop up and they bloom and then usually there's like another set of blooms that are kind of hiding in there so if you keep them deadheaded you get a long period of bloom off of them i think our moms we had moms in the backyard mm-hmm. that bloomed in july so mm-hmm. month, month and a half ago or whatever, and now it's starting to, it's about to come into bloom again. So I didn't prune it back; I should have. But right. basically, it flushed new growth above the old buds. Yeah. It just started to bloom again. There, there got to be two foot, two and a half feet wide and around, huge globe. Oh, they're think, great perennial for yeah. here. Uh, the one over at the little house across the street in front of our daughter's house is. It may be about three feet yeah, wide. It's a giant. It's, it's like a burgundy one. It is gorgeous. But I was out there looking at some of the chrysanthemums because normally you get the bronzes and the burgundies. We have one out there called Flamingo Neon Pink. Wow. And it is neon pink. pink. Really? Yeah. Oh, really, no. really pretty. And then there's one called uh, Flamingo Neon Pink. Pineapple. I wonder what color that is. Maybe <laughs> a gold? Pineapple gold? It's that gold. It's yeah. more of a yellowy really? pink. Really, really pretty. I mean, you, I'm used to mums being kind that. of muted a little bit, but yeah. these are like screaming at you. You can see them across the yard. I like screaming flowers. It's always better 
You just oh. like screaming. I do. So I think anyway, mom's going to go off going here pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, great, great advice. Great time to freshen up your containers or your, your mm-hmm. pots with fresh autumn and winter blooming flowers. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can put them in now. So talk to Lisa and the crew for more. Be, be right back with more. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Waters, with the plants of the week and our local chase tree. Fragrant lilac blooms cover this tree that can also be pruned into a tall bush and blooms all summer long. No special skills needed for this bloomer. Easy to grow, heat-loving, low-water user, and disease-free. These are really nice bushes for $39. We also have very tall trees in bloom for an impressive $120. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love local blooming trees, they love to shop. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our little Janie Gara. Little Janie is a charmer with flowers that float above this 15-inch plant. The fluorescent pink flowers will wow the hummingbirds with Janie's charm as well. Hummingbirds throughout the neighborhood will visit your plants. They're just so popular and only $14. She thrives in hot, dry gardens and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love their native plants to be beautiful and hassle-free, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So an update from the Lane Gardens, our casa, not the garden center. This is our personal gardens. Uh, In the backyard, I did notice something interesting is happening. Uh, I, my traps have been kind of idle for a while and all of a sudden, like every night there's something else in there. And so at first I caught three mice or voles, V-O-L, field mice. Uh, they were hitting the traps. I just bait my traps with some, some pumpkin seeds and they get drawn into it. Uh, and then it just switched to rats. Like last night I caught a very young, very sleek coat. You can tell the youngsters. So mom has kicked the pups out, kicked the youngsters out and going, here, go find your own place. I need to winter over here. My, my house, you got to make your own house. And so they're roaming around looking for freebies and they're looking to move into your garage, into your built-in grill into burrowing a hole in your in your hot tub uh, finding a nest underneath your oak trees or your manzanitas they're making new homes you have to be diligent right now to make sure those rodents uh, pack rats squirrels uh, chipmunks don't come into your house and burrow into your attic or uh, rats got into lisa's grandmother's house up at the base of thumb butte Got in the attic. She didn't catch it early enough, and they stripped that house. There was not one insulated wire left. The entire house had to be rewired. This is really critical for you folks that have RVs that are stored outside. This is when you want to really put the repellents, put that flashing light, put those scare tactics to keep them away from your classic car, your RV, your parked car. Because they'll get in the hood and start stripping it, stripping it clean. And this is when they really do a lot of that damage. So just be, just be aware. They're, they're moving. At least, at least I live in Prescott. 
So maybe they're a little bit more delayed, or maybe they're earlier up in the higher country. I don't know. You folks at Highland Pines and uh, those areas, maybe it's coming in earlier. The folks that are in Kingman or, or, or Camp Verde or Camp you know, Cottonwood, maybe it's a little bit later because it just it takes a little bit longer to get cool there. But I think it had something to do with the cool weather that happened this week. All of a sudden, mom said, get out of here. Find your own meal. I'm not going to be your meal ticket through the winter. And so they started hitting the back of the my. I've just got three traps, and I don't want them eating my prized uh, giant pumpkin. I don't want them eating through the hot tub. I've already did that. I don't want them building a nest in my grill. I've already deal with that. That's nasty, gross, disgusting stuff. So I'm I'm preventative, much less in those seat cushions that you store in that bin on the back deck or back uh, patio. There you store those fancy, you know, fifty dollars a piece seat cushions for that fancy you know, outdoor furniture you got from Costco, you want to protect those. You don't want things getting in there. So just just be aware of what's going on. Uh, Right after that, what will happen, I can almost count on it. Mark my word, by the end of this month, by within a couple weeks, as soon as you see this phenomenon happening, the snakes start migrating. So you'll see rattlesnakes where you haven't seen any of them anywhere all year. Uh, but they'll start moving. They start. They'll travel miles and miles, and they all hibernate together in a snake hole, in a bin, in a in a den. And so there's this pattern in spring and in fall when you see snakes. When when you see that, you folks that are new to the Southwest, whatever you do, don't freak out. Just look at it, admire it, give it some respect and some space. And by the end of the day, he'll, he's just tired. He's just been traveling on the ground, licking dirt all day. He just needs to rest for a moment, and then he'll move on. He's going from point A. He's been up in the rock pile, uh, eating snakes, you know, other, other things, other birds, other rats, other lizards, other things. And now he's moving back. He's going to hibernate all together as a family somewhere else. And then he'll come next April, they'll come back out and they'll march right back. And they'll usually go back to where they were hunting before. They really do keep a lot of the negative, the vermin down, Uh, the mice, the rats, chipmunks, things that eat your gardens. They're really good guys. And so I generally leave the snakes alone until they, now here's the other thing you'll, you'll notice. You'll start hearing words at your church socials, your golf buddies, your uh, golf. I mean, you'll just, you'll hear words of, oh my gosh. A rattlesnake went into my garage, and when it went behind my freezer, and it camped out behind the freezer. That's a theme you hear over and over. You might want to start keeping that garage door down. Trust it's just it's just a thing in the Southwest. They get tired. They're just looking for a place to rest. And the old guys, they are just too old and tired, and their bones hurt, and they just don't want to crawl that way. It's another three miles. Or the youngsters, they're just too stupid to make it all the way back. Uh, they, they take the lazy route out, and they'll crawl into your garage and go, I'm going to camp out here all winter. And the compressor's a natural place because it throws off some heat, so it keeps them a little bit warmer. They get kind of lethargic. When it gets this cool, they kind of slow down going, I just can't move like I used to. You Just trust me. You, if you're one of those that kind of keeps your garage door open more than the other neighbors or you keep it cracked at the base just to keep it ventilated, for the next uh, four to six weeks, 
you might want to keep that closed for just now. Just Or be really careful when you go out to the freezer or the refrigerator out there or just underneath the, the, the bench, the workbench. Just, just be aware that this happens every year. And you'll hear these stories throughout this, the spring season, throughout the year, but they all seem to happen now during the migration. So the, I think it's a bit early. I haven't heard a lot of rattlesnake stories, but you'll be hearing more and more and more. You just know it's happening because you'll hear more snake stories at the parties. You'll just you'll go off to an event. People are gathering. Oh yeah, I saw, I found a snake. He was in my yard. I killed him. Chopped his head right off. You don't have to do that. You can just take a breath. Go get some iced tea inside. By the time you get back, it's gone. It's going to go another three miles up the road and, and uh, just just camp out in the winter. They're really good for you. Now, rattlesnakes can be dangerous, so you don't want to mess with them. So if you have dogs, you really don't want to mess with them. But, you know, garter snakes, they don't hurt anyone. I actually catch them here at the garden center. I've got a coffee can, and I've actually labeled it snake can. When I find one, I grab them. Yes, I'm not afraid of snakes, or no, I'm not afraid of snakes. I'll grab him, put him in my can, and I take him home, and I release him by the pond or by the rocks. I just, they're so good at keeping grasshoppers and crickets and centipedes and small, other, other small things that are bad for the garden. They're so good at keeping mice down and just small things. So I take the racers. Um, I don't really take king snakes or too big to fit my can, but I would if I could. And they're harder to find. It's this beautiful uh, red and white striped snake that's out there, really good at keeping. I think they even eat other rattlesnakes. And so much less gopher snakes. These are huge. These guys are ginormous. They get six, eight feet long. They're as big around. Put your two fingers together, thumb, and they're as big around as you can make a make. They're just like they're like a foot around. But they eat more gophers and rats in their weight in, the, in a year than anything else out there. So just really good guys, but they sort of look like a rattlesnake. They kind of they have this diamond. They do that by design. They don't really they don't bite and they don't they they don't have no venom. Uh, their head is not shaped in a diamond pattern. They don't have a viper type head. They don't have those glands behind their their fangs. So they've got a kind head, but they'll curl up. When you really corner them, they get frightened. They'll curl up in this huge ball. They'll put their tail up in the middle. They'll actually rattle their, their tail. It has no rattles on it. And then he'll make a noise like a rattlesnake out of his mouth. He's trying to mimic a scary snake out in the field so that you'll stay away from him. He's absolutely terrified wetting himself. He's just, he's terrified. And he's not going to strike. He's just saying, please, leave me alone. And he mimics this. Uh, it's really fun. If you get to watch that, it's worthwhile. Uh, but no, no rattles on this snake at all. It's a gopher snake or bull snake. It's another name. It goes by several names. They love the valley areas. You folks out have the privilege of having those out in Chino, Paulden, Skull Valley, probably Spring Valley. Those, those flat areas, I'm sure, up against the river. Uh, you, you folks in Camp Verde, Cottonwood, you're going to see a lot of bull snakes. And so if you see them crossing the road, I'll tend to park and scream along going, Here, come on, hurry up before you get run over. Let's go, let's go, let's go, and save them so they don't. Do, don't get gunned down. Most folks are so paranoid of snakes; they're just they're just afraid. Give them some respect. Take a breath, and they're the good guys. Just be aware that that's what happens in the Southwest, especially if you're new to the area. Be right back with a lot more after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. 
He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. The Get Real Men's Expo is dedicated to spiritual guys of all faiths. This year is full of exotic cars, motorcycles, and competitions filled with guys young and old in archery, bull riding, and axe throwing. Ladies, yeah, you heard me right. This is a great father-son event that creates memories and motivates men to reconnect with their community and a God that uniquely loves each one of us. This year's expo is September 21 from 830 to 1 at Yavapai College in Prescott. If you're a man, it's free. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lang. Every Saturday, we host a garden class, at least through the growing season. We'll take a little break midwinter. Actually, not even that, because January, we start them back up, and it's on pruning and just what to, you know, how to plant a peony or something that's winter, winter blooming. But some great classes coming up the next couple Saturdays. Some of them are really good for you new folks. If you're new to the area, you've got a bare landscape, you want to put a few things in this fall, and you just have no idea where to start. Uh, today was on succulents. Of course, that's just a, a pretty thing, bowls of succulents. Uh, that's all the rage. But next week, the top 10 evergreens for the, mountains, for the mountain landscapes. It is a powerful, we'll have a show and tell, describe them all, but that's the 21st from 930 to 1030. If you've got a new landscape where you just... That neighbor that's been bothering you, you want to block them out, come talk to us. Come to the class. It should be very informative. They last about an hour. Uh, the next one, uh, the 28th, it's the last Saturday in September. It's planting for success. How do you plant a new fruit tree? How do you plant? There's a technique that really works in the mountains of Arizona. And if you get that right, you, you're going to have success almost you know, 98% of the time. If you take shortcuts... You're going to have miserable failures or struggles 98% of the time. We're going over that in detail, the products you need, how big the hole should be, how to stake things, a whole whole, whole enchilada. Then after that, probably our most popular class, we hold this twice a year. This will be our fall uh, class. It won't be offered again until probably late next spring. It's called Gardening for Newcomers. We go over zones and frost dates and what to look for and what grows here. It's really uh, a lot of rich information. You walk out with a lot of handouts with that one uh, that just help you where you at least you're not making any new mistakes or you're not trying to bring your uh, Minnesota techniques to here that just fail misery or Oregon. You folks seem to have a lot of problems coming here or Southern Cal, that whole Western seaboard area just struggles gardening here. We can, we can really up your game. And then that second week in October, it's uh, autumn color. What, what are the best growing fall colored trees? And then it keeps going. You want to see all those? Uh, it's at watersgardencenter.com. I mean, it's really original, I know. Uh, and then at the very bottom, it's got a classes, a huge classes button. Hit that, and they're all right there with the dates, descriptions, what they are, when they are. But they're meant to be there as a help for you. And hopefully, it connects you with an expert that knows that particular 
topic very, very well, and you can ask them questions or for help further. If you really get into it, we actually have consultations. Those folks that teach the classes, there's probably five or six of us. We kind of rotate through depending on our, our, on our expertise. Or they're all staff members. They're all plant nerds. I mean, they, they know plants. They also go out and make on-site consultations. If you need help with a design, you're just not sure what that plant is. or what, Is this a weed or is this a wildflower? I don't know. How, how should I fertilize? How should I take care of that? Uh, my tree's dying. What should I do? Uh, they, they can come out on site. There's a minor fee for that, but they come out for an hour and just walk you through the whole process. That can really help you, especially those folks. You bought a house that maybe was pre-existing. It's been there for 20 years, uh, and you don't like this area. or That, that part of the garden got overgrown and, and over, just too much. What should I clear out and what should I keep? Or how should I remodel this or re-landscape or add to or thin out? That consult fee is a real help. What I find, the number one way people use that if they want to buy three or four trees, they just don't know. They want to get the placement right. You put a tree in the right place, it grows for a lifetime right there. Never get, never over, overpowers its space. You get it too close to a driveway or too close to a walkway, too close to – you get it in the wrong position, and it obliterates your views. It takes over the driveways. It takes – it becomes a problem, and then you cut the thing down seven, eight years. I find folks that buy trees, they seem to come in and, and – wants the consult service. Anyway, that's available. It's at the Gardens Internet pushing it. Just letting you know, there are resources out there that that want to help you garden right. Ken Elisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners, we camp out here at Waters Garden Center and we love talking to fans of the show. Hi, Ken. The plants of the week in our plumtastic muley grass. Glittering clouds of vivid purple plumes emerge in late summer and persist through the end of the year. It's a natural and showing off all its glory right now at the Garden Center. A superb hillside plant, especially when situated so that the plumtastic flowers are backlit by the Arizona sunset, all for just $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love plumtastic grass, they love to shop. The Get Real Men's Expo is dedicated to spiritual guys of all faiths. This year is full of exotic cars, motorcycles, and competitions filled with guys young and old in archery bull riding, and axe throwing. Ladies, yeah, you heard me right. This is a great father-son event that creates memories and motivates men to reconnect with their community and a God that uniquely loves each one of us. This year's speaker is comedian Dennis Swanberg. Noted as America's Minister of Encouragement, Dennis is funny, really funny, and motivational when it comes to living your faith like a man. The Get Real Men's Expo, where drones, tomahawks, and food trucks rain from 8.30 to 11. Then comedian Dennis Swanberg cracks us up as fathers, husbands, and sons at 11. Prescott Tire Pro is a major sponsor of this event. September 21st, from 8.30 to 1 at Yavapai College in Prescott. The Get Real Men's Expo. If you're a man, it's free. Hi, Lisa with the finds of the week and our Forester Feathergrass. Dramatic bronze flower spikes start blooming in early summer and don't stop until well into next year. The flowers are so light and airy, it's often referred to as feather grass. Growing to just hip high, this dainty grass shows off enough to make a designer statement without being invasive. All for under $30. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love really pretty grass, they love to shop. 
If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.